to another episode of the Bloodlust Suburban Podcast. My name is Stephen. I'm Hannah. I'm Troy. And today we're talking uh, Troy's Mandate, which is Slaughter High from 1986. Yes. 86? Yes. Yes. Uh, but before that, we got some stuff we want to talk about. Troy, I said you could talk about the Gore Club, so go for it. Okay, so I had my first experience with... Um, with the Louisville Gore Club, which was at, well, like an event. I didn't, you know, I didn't sit down in one of the podcasts or anything, but I uh, went to one of their movie nights at the um, Planet of the Tapes, which it's one of the coolest venues I've been to. The whole entire night was super fucking cool. Um, even if you don't get a drink or anything, they, they still bring out a complimentary thing of popcorn to watch with your movies. And it's just really, you know, fun to watch, you know, movies with a lot of like-minded people. Um, so it's just like good vibes all the way around. I, I'd never been to this place before. I guess it's only been, um, it's only been, uh, up since 2020, but, it also is like they do tape rental or, you know, DVD rental, which is such a cool thing on its own. And it's also a comedy club. Like you go in and there's tables and then a kind of a stage in front, tons of horror decor and uh, cool movie decor all around um, their menus um, on the tables are in DVD cases. Like they're slip. There are the inserts, but they're in, they're on the DVD cases, which is that's super cool. Um, the I went to their their tenth annual second Halloween bash, um, which a lot of people came and dressed up, and we watched um, we watched My Bloody Valentine. We watched they were going to show the three D one, but it, but because uh, one of the one of the lead actors in the original one recently died. Um, who played Axel or TJ. I get them mixed up. Anyways, one of them died, so they switched to the original, the uncut original, which is a great, great watch. Then we watched All Hallows' Eve, which is the first, you know, showing of Art the Clown before he was made popular in Terrifier. And then uh, we watched Halloween 2. Apparently there was a misplaced... <laughs> um, misplaced blu-ray or dvd of halloween h2o so we didn't get to watch it which is kind of a bummer because i was really looking forward to watching h2o but uh you know the original halloween 2 certainly just didn't disappoint um aside from that um they had a, a cool little tiny bit of trivia a costume contest 
And um, yeah, so all in all, it was, it was really good. I'm definitely going to go back, especially because it's free. It just sucks because, you know, we're in Lexington and I don't necessarily want to have to travel an hour and a half. But I mean, honestly, it's really worth it. Um, I, I really want to work out a time where we can all go up there and um, and see the place. My, uh, my it, it's given me more inspiration for, um, you know, the place basically that I'd love to have here in Lexington, um, because I feel like, you know, I've I mentioned it before, but I just, I would love a place like, like that here in town, especially knowing that there's a large community of, of like-minded people also in Lexington that would love to, you know, go to something like, or go to movie nights like that. So, uh, all in all, it was a really, really good time. Um, I got to talk to uh, Steve a little bit from the Gore Club. Um, really great guy. Um, but yeah, all in all, uh, real fun time. I'll definitely be going back, and hopefully uh, the next time we go, maybe it'll be all of us. So. Yeah, so it, it happens every week, right? It does. Mm -hmm. Yep, every Sunday. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it would be cool to have a place like that in Lexington because also, like, I don't want to go to Louisville all the time, too. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's cool. It's it's right next to Spinelli's on Baxter, which that's kind of an added bonus for me. But, um, yeah, hour and a half drive every week. Can't do that. But Well, that's cool. It's definitely cool. Um, it's something like, yeah, it's something I definitely want to check out here soon myself. Um, all right. So Hannah, do you want to talk about what you've been watching? Oh, because it's embarrassing. There's nothing. Um, so in January, uh, I've been keeping a record of what I've watched in January. I watched like 40 new movies and then a handful of things that I'd already seen, I'd watched again. So I was, you know, very active. And then in February, I've watched like three or something. It's been very, very sad. Uh, one of the things I watched that I did think was very fun, I enjoyed a lot, was Wild Things from like 1996. Oh, Nev Campbell? Yes. So it's Pete yeah. Nev Campbell with just the worst wig that you've ever seen. <laughs> But it was hilarious. I, I'm not even going to really get into it because it's got like at least half a dozen twists. As soon as you think you know what's going on, it changes. But the opening premise is that the guidance counselor at a school is accused of rape by first one and then two of his students. And from there, it just sort of gets weirder and weirder at every turn. It felt kind of like uh, a John Grisham novel combined with 90210. If you haven't seen it, like it's on Netflix and it is so much fun. It's almost two hours, but it's worth it. And you have to keep watching because the last twist happens in the credits. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, like, it never lets up. It's so much fun. Uh, but the the reason that I haven't actually watched any movies this month is because I got hooked on a little show called Euphoria, and it has taken over my goddamn life. So That's I, everybody. Oh, it's my a, God. Yeah. I don't know hit. if I actually, like, recommend the show <laughs> because it's really well done. Um, I think it's probably the best television show that I've ever seen in my life. 
but it's really immersive. Uh, it's written and directed by Sam Levinson, who also wrote and directed Assassination Nation from 2018. And it really has a lot of the same feel. So it's about a bunch of teenagers, mostly women. Um, there's a trans character. There's a lot of kind of bright colors, shifting perspectives, the same um, kind of, um, what do you call it, with the talking over thing? Oh, uh, 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 voiceovers? Oh, voiceover, thank you. So, like, because on the second episode, I was like, man, this feels like Assassination Nation, and looked it up, and indeed, yeah, same creator. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. It's not just like a drug story, because that's what I thought it was, was like, oh, it's a bunch of teenagers doing drugs. Uh, that's part of it. The main character is definitely a drug addict, and it largely follows her and her sort of half-assed attempts to get clean. But there's a lot else going on. Um, a lot of these characters who are going through all kinds of sometimes normal and often not so normal um, trials and tribulations of being teenagers and trying to navigate uh, social media and relationships and sex and objectification and body image. So a lot of it's really, really relatable. Uh, and it's also got as a perk, like the worst villain I've ever seen in my life. Like episode two or three, I was texting Steve and going, okay, this character is the worst one I've ever seen. Like, I hate this guy more than, like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, like, worse than Voldemort, worse than Umbridge, worse than, like, any of the slasher villains, like, anybody. I fucking hate this psychopathic teenager who's the main villain. And every now and then they seem like they're trying to redeem him. And, like, no, it, it can't fucking be done. But, again, I don't know if I recommend it because the episodes are an hour long. One night I sat and watched five of them in a row. So I gave up like five hours of my evening to this fucking show. And now I'm watching half of it again with Steve. <laughs> so like, and I'm hooked. I've caught up. I'm watching, like, I'm waiting now for the new episode to come out on Sunday. And it's, it's killing me because now I can't watch anything else. I sat and spent an hour last night trying to find a new show to watch and I couldn't do it because I was like, damn it, it's not going to be as good as Euphoria. I don't even want to bother. It's ruined my goddamn life. Don't watch the show. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a really good show. She's just, she's just stuck. And she'll get unstuck. But right now she's just stuck. Like we got through halfway through Free Guy tonight, and it wasn't for it wasn't for us because like I don't think we get enough video game references yeah. to uh, to watch it. And then halfway through, I was like, you know what? Let's let's just watch the next episode of Euphoria. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> let's just get through. Let's get into this. So yeah, it, it's kind of taken over. It's like you said, it's really popular, and a bunch of people really like it. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, so I watched a couple things. Um, I watched Wild Things also. She showed it to me the next day. Um, I watched a new cut of Scream 4. It's technically bootleg, but I really wanted to see some of these so-called, like, deleted scenes. Okay. Um, so I watched it, and it really, it doesn't add much. Um, the opening intro, like, it's, it's a little different. 
Um, but besides that, to me, it just added a little bit of like Dewey and, and Gail's struggles. Um, and that's about all it did. So I, I was a little disappointed that it didn't add more um, to that. And then I watched uh, Craven and Williamson's Cursed the other day. Um, and that's, that's all. I'm a sucker for a werewolf movie anyway. But then you add Wes Craven and, and Kevin Williamson to it, and I got to watch it. I got to try it. And uh, it is exactly what you would expect out of a teenage werewolf movie based in Hollywood made by Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson. It's, you know, a kind of a whodunit, like they like to make. And then uh, it's got some some really fun characters in it. Um, it's got, let's see, Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg are the two main characters in it. So oh, I guess he would have been really young. Yeah, yeah, this is a pre him in his villain story as Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, I know the Blu-ray for that's about to come out. Yeah, it's called the Craven Cut or something like that. Like they get a new like director's cut of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, I thought that was I thought that was actually pretty good. But once again, if you don't like werewolf movies or or teenage horror, you might not. It might not be for you because it's not like necessarily a perfectly made movie. Um, and then we all, I'm just going to break the ice on this. We have all seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to give us, I'm going to limit our time on it because we can, I know we could go on. Oh yeah. I'm going to limit us to 10 minutes talking about the Texas Chainsaw, <laughs> new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right. We'll try, I'll try to be as brief as, possible on it yeah so in, in, in brief as possible for everybody um troy start tell us what do you think of this new texas chainsaw massacre okay so i i don't think that okay so what i've been hearing a lot is that um i've been hearing people state that it's like the worst texas chainsaw is terrible te i'm like i don't think so now when it comes down to the really stupid, I'm sorry, it's really stupid political commentary. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it seems like at one point I thought, okay, is it going to go down an anti-gun route? But then obviously it's not. There's just like a lot of political, a lot of political commentary that I, I you know, I kind of, we've, we've kind of, you know, all agreed it's a conservative or right-wing political commentary, but it's just really stupid. That aside, I, I just thought it was so mediocre. Like, I, I thought the movie, it, I didn't think it was terrible. Like, I didn't think it was unwatchable. I thought the gore was great. And I thought the movie looked very well. I thought it was, like, the, the cinematography was, was pretty. Like, there were some shots. I'm like, wow, this looks really pretty. It looks really slick. But it's so bogged down by characters I just can't stand, and it's bogged down by just, like, by-the-numbers stuff. I will go on record by saying that, you know, I, I made a comment that if you change Leatherface in this movie, if you change Leatherface to, to Jason um, and change the setting to Camp Crystal Lake and you have... Um, a bunch of uh, Zoomer investors that want to rebuild Camp Crystal Lake. And then um, if you change Sally to Tommy Jarvis, I think you would have an excellent Friday the 13th movie. This movie would have worked 
and cut out the political shit. Um, you would have had you would have an excellent Friday the Thirteenth movie because Leatherface comes across way more as a Jason. Um, as I've said many times, and I know not all of them have been great, but I really think Texas Chainsaw is a lot more boring when they focus on just Leatherface as a character. I, I don't think he is what makes um, what makes Texas Chainsaw solely scary. So I think when when the focus just becomes on him and his backstory and you know his mode, like I don't need any of that. I'm more interested in the family. I know there's bad ones that you know that ha- that deal with the family too. I don't give a shit. Um, it's uh, just it's you know it's more boring when it's just him. I don't give a shit about um, Leatherface by himself. I I don't. Um, so. Yeah, ultimately, I didn't think it was the most horrible movie I ever watched. I don't think it's unwatchable. I just thought it was um, insanely mediocre. I was I was let down. I think I was really hyped up because Fede Al- uh, Alvarez was attached, I, I just as a producer. But um, nope. Uh, I you know they keep saying, "Look at this end credit scene." You don't have to watch it. It's Leatherface walking to what I assume is the original Texas Chainsaw House, even though I don't. It didn't really look like it to me. It did not. Like people. No. I, yeah. Like it, it did not. Look, it doesn't look like the house. But no. I'm assuming that it's supposed to be the house. But yeah. I, I, you know, that's because that would make sense. But like, you know, and and like you all said too, he, he should have. I, I won't. I'll stop here. But like with this, he should have died at the end of this. He's not. He's not a Jason. He's not unstoppable. He's not unkillable. Like Jay, Leatherface, and all for all intents and purposes, it's just a. He's a very strong man, but he's not like he's not invincible. Like he doesn't. He can't take gunshots and damage without. Like he can die. It's never been established that he can't die from yeah. injuries. So that's my thoughts. Well, Hannah, what do you think? All right, I'm gonna try to do this in two minutes. Uh, just sort of to piggyback off Troy, I did not like that the family isn't there. I think that's a huge part of what makes these movies work is how psychotic the family is and the interactions that you see, um, among all of them. And yeah, just Leatherface on his own is really, really super dull. I also just, I could not buy the logic that this story had that like, this group, first of all, that they're gentrifying this little town in the middle of nowhere. What the fuck kind of business plan is that? Like, we're going to go to this town where nobody is except for a mechanic. What the fuck is he working on? Whose cars is he fixing? No one. There's nobody there except an old woman who can't drive and a maniac. Who are they planning on selling all this food to? Like, just none of it made any sense. I couldn't get past that. Uh, the only thing I think that, like... I really, really enjoyed. I did not like the way they did um, Sally Hardesty. I think that was kind of bad to bring her back and then kind of make a joke out of her. That was shitty. But I really liked just that one moment where she's walking down the street with her gun and she starts just like cackling wildly because it reminded me of that scene at the end of the first one where she's laughing 
as she's being driven away and escaped. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's Sally. Like, that's what I wanted out of her storyline. But then, of course, like, it, we didn't get enough of that. And she's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if we're if you're going to put a spoiler warning before this, because like. Oh, spoil the fuck out of this movie. There's still like, nothing to already, be excited about it. We, we've kind of given away a lot of it already. Yeah, so. it's it's. I'll put a spoiler warning before okay. everything. I don't. There's no twists and turns in this movie. Like, there's nothing that was going to be you know shock anybody to find out. At least not. I don't think so. Yeah, we haven't given then, away like hardly any deaths or anything. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like the only thing to be excited about in the movie. I think, or like to see that like the creative deaths yeah. i guess yeah yeah, Whereas, I mean, yeah and like that's not i don't care about gore and i don't care about inventive deaths at all so like this movie had nothing <laughs> for me i was just sort of like eh, this is irritating uh steve what about you yeah i i i hate the messaging in this um <laughs> I, I, it is conservative. I do think they're trying to do the whole both sides thing, which is kind of annoying also. Um, but when it comes down to the very core, it's very conservative messaging. You know, the, the redneck with a gun is the hero, he's an idiot, but he's a, he, you know, and I don't like the idea of, and once again, spoiler warning, I don't like the idea that someone who is, who has dealt with gun violence suddenly has to use a gun to, to save. It's, it's, it felt so forced. It felt, yeah, it felt forced, and it just like it's just the wrong kind of commentary I want out of a out of a, out of a horror movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I get that. That aside, um, I the whole gentrifying the town thing, I just don't buy that. Um, you can't fucking gentrify a ghost town. I'm sorry, like you can't <laughs> gentrify a town where nobody is gentrifying literally means like you're going to raise the costs on people like and and there's one old lady who's who's on her deathbed and a guy in a in a with a truck like you you can't gentrify somewhere where nobody is they would literally just all be them themselves you would be gentrifying yourselves it's yeah. it's such a weird like oh but look they come into our territory and, and all this which is not even true like People are, are fleeing small rural areas to, you know, liberal yeah. people are to, to go to urban areas. It's not it's not the other way around in any way. So I, I just didn't buy that initial like plot to get them there. I would have preferred your basic like we're on our way to a concert kind of thing. And you get trapped in the middle of nowhere and Leatherface and the Sawyer family's there. That's like, what I'm saying. I would have heard something like that even. But so there's that. And then I agree with both of you. Leatherface doesn't work without a Sawyer family behind him. And it's not just like he's boring. There's no motivation for Leatherface without the Sawyer family. Like he would go out and he would kill and he'd bring back people. And then like his reward was like he gets a face, right? And then they get their meat for for cannibalism or chili or or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So, like, without all of that, without the Sawyer family, it felt kind of weird. I, I know they gave him a motivation out of, like, revenge, but it was still, like... It's so weird to think that Leatherface is motivated by a revenge. Like, I don't, like, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it just works don't. so much better as a Friday the 13th movie, Make It Jason. If anybody uses that idea, they owe me money. That's, no one else could have possibly thought about that. It was yeah. only me. So... so Long story short, yeah, I don't, I don't really like it. Um, 
Uh, I am I'm, I'm also just sick of the fighting everywhere over it. Um, if you like it, cool. If yeah. you don't like it, cool. Please stop posting about it. Please, for the <laughs> God, yeah. stop posting about like. <laughs> There's literally in these groups, there's like, there's like pin threads for people to talk and they'll still be like, what did you think of the Texas Chainsaw movie? And it's like, dude, there's a thread for this. Go, go over there and talk to them. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, whether you like it or not, that's cool. I am also very tired of the uh, um, argument I've been seeing recently. Like, what did you expect out of a Texas Chainsaw movie? And oh, like, yes. Oh, I've seen that. Yes. I'm like, what? Am I not allowed to critique the story because it's a fucking based off of a slasher movie from the seventy? Was it seventy four? Yes, like, seventy four. No, I'm allowed to critique the story just because you want something basic and, and mindless doesn't mean that I can't critique it or someone else can't critique it. That's always been silly to me. If you like it, cool, move on. Like. But if someone wants to critique it or something like that, and they're not being like shitty about it, I think it's fine. And uh, there are there's plenty, in my opinion, to critique in this movie. I mean, honestly, honestly, that's I I agree with you. That's why I said fuck yeah, because I agree with you so hard on that. I I I'm meant to say that as well. Like you have so many people that are like, well, why if you should like what are you expecting? Like you know. That's what Texas Chainsaw is. It's a guy with a chainsaw cutting people up. And I'm like, if that's all you think that makes Texas Chainsaw like good or scary, I'm like, it blows my mind. I'm like, the obviously the the I you know regardless of what really anyone thinks, um, chop top would like a word. Well, I would say I I would yes I would say that the original in you know the the original subjectively is is held you know kind of in horror standards as like obviously the best i love part two and you know obviously i know a lot of people who don't like the movie this is fine but i would say in general people tend to consider it can not only consider it the best of the series but one of the greatest horror films of all time and if you think that that movie is scary because you're seeing people get cut up or you think that it, that's all that like that's that's literally the the that's all that the movie is and that nothing else then you know we're not then we're not watch we don't watch movies the same i'm not i'm not saying it's i'm not saying anybody's not valid for not liking the movie that's fine but i'm saying that if you if you think it's just boil down to well somebody running around with a chainsaw is a good movie no it's not like and yeah. you know like you're saying it's it's okay to critique a franchise it doesn't matter like I, i'm just saying like yeah it, it's it's not like that's you do need more than that for a texas chainsaw massacre movie you yeah. can still have a crazy bloody gory one like the second movie and it'd still be really good but Hey, those are all awesome. You need a family, you need motivation, you need (laughs) plot and themes and all that. And there is plenty in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a very simple story, but there's plenty of themes there. Um, And we will get into that. I'm assuming one day we'll cover one of these at some point. 
um, and we will get into it then. But we are out of time for Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> yes. Because, like I said, we could go on for an hour. And, uh, yeah. Honestly, I just, this movie doesn't need an hour worth of dedication. Um, I was going to say, I only watched one thing aside from that. Any, well, I've watched a few things um, aside from uh, Texas Chainsaw. Uh, I watched, uh, I, I mentioned it on Facebook, Pledge Night. It's on Shudder. Have you seen that? No. You told me it was bad. So <laughs> oh, oh, boy. It's, you know, I, I went into it thinking it was, it's, you know, came out in 1990. Uh, set with a fraternity, and the the premise is a, 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 f- a fraternity pledge comes back from the grave from being uh, killed during uh, their you know their hell week during their um, what's it called when you their um, dead week know. pledge week yeah when they what what's the what's the uh, activity called it's um. Hazing? Hazing. I can't believe. Yeah, hazing. My brain don't work too well. I've had a drink. Um, Yeah, so he died during a hazing ritual accidentally. And it's um, Joey Belladonna from Anthrax, the vocalist. He he, he plays the... the, um, the ghost pledge. But it, it takes so long. So long for that movie to get to any hor- like it takes f- like 45 minutes out of a the movie's like an hour and 20 minutes it takes like 45 minutes for them to get to a horror aspect of the movie for that first 45 minutes it's just like a sex comedy from the 90s like the early 90s and basically the 80s yeah and it's not good it's it's bad and then the the rest of the movie's just it's not good um yeah, so definitely don't recommend it. I can't believe 73% of Google users liked that movie. Um, I don't, maybe I missed something, but um, no. Aside from that, I would I, ca- I caught up mostly on the book of Boba Fett. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, there's not really anything else that I watched. Well, if that's the case, then let's go ahead and move on into our main topic of the night, uh, which is Slaughter High. Slaughter High. Spoiler alert. Marty Ranson was the dork of Doddsville High. You get undressed in there. His classmates laughed at him. Are you ready? Here's Marty. Where's the beast? They tormented him. Where's the beast? <laughs> and then they went too far. Now, five years later, Marty's throwing a little party. A class reunion. Come on, you guys, let's party. They say he still roams the nuthouse, ever hopeful of that chance to escape, so he can take his evil revenge out on us all. And he's making sure everyone has the time of their life. I feel sick. 
He's created a romantic atmosphere for rekindling old flames. And a nice place to just hang around. Marty hasn't forgotten a thing. He's giving them a blast from the past they'll never forget. Marty Ranson is still a dork. But tonight, he's getting even. Vestron Pictures presents Slaughter High. So, before we do anything, Troy, give us a quick synopsis of this movie. All right. So, the synopsis is indeed very quick. Um, I'm just going to read it off of IMDb because I can't say it better myself. Eight people are invited to their old high school for their 10-year reunion where a former fellow student, sorry, fellow former student, disfigured from a prank gone wrong, is out to seek revenge. The premise is so very simple. Yeah, and it's a premise that we've all heard of. Yeah. It's a premise for, like, half of high school. (laughs) That's, like, a premise for, yeah, of, like, of horror movies that deal with um with high school absolutely yeah so before we do anything else and we get into this um story yeah i'm gonna have everybody go around and just give like a basic first reaction to this movie okay you know uh okay um cheesy 80s slashers are not necessarily my Thing. So I was a little skeptical <laughs> going in, and my um, suspicions were pretty well borne out. Uh, <laughs> this was um, very much not my jam. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know how much I can say about it, honestly. <laughs> that, that's fine. Uh, yeah, just the. I know that just with the genre, like I know acting and um, effects and everything, that's not really the focus of those. So I think it it hit all the genre requirements very, very well. Right, uh, right. It, it's just not necessarily what I look for in a movie. So I, I kind of struggled with this one. Also, I've uh, not been drinking for the last almost five weeks. So I was sober. For this movie and oh, that boy. definitely impacted my viewing experience i think i probably would have enjoyed it more with like a couple gin gimlets under my belt all right and then troy what do you think so i have a bit of an extensive history with this so for anybody who remembers when um spectrum was insight that was before it was time warner um and it's going to be Comcast. It's you know people had it that you know basically a on something with an on-demand service for cable if you happen to have that. And uh, this is when FearNet existed, and FearNet had a lot of free movies on demand. And this is well before you know Netflix or any sort of streaming service popular popularized. And this is on there. And so I come. And I saw it there for the first time, blind, and I loved it then. Um, this is, I would say, that's more than 10 years ago. And um, uh, watching it again recently, I still really like this movie. 
Um, I, I get a lot of if you if you would have told me this is a trauma movie, I would have believed you because the, I get a lot of like tra- like trauma comedy vibes in this from the way that the the characters act and the the characters that were cast. Um, so in general, this is you know I I honestly think as far as the you know, tidal wave of slasher movies that came out in the 80s because I guarantee you there's still a hundred I've never heard of that this one to me stands out as one that is much more palatable and much more fun to watch than so many other ones. And I think it still stood the test of time and then learning more history about it uh, recently makes it an even uh, more uh, more fun watch for me. Cool. And here I come to be in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all in our, our usual places. This is, this is nice. Uh, so I, yeah, I, 80 slashers are not, like, especially like indie 80 slashers are not my favorite genre. Um, sure. But I do like them and appreciate them. Um this, yeah, I was thinking like this kind of is like a trauma, and I'm not a trauma guy. Um, I, I just haven't been able to get into it. Um, I was thinking that this was, um, this could have been like a video nasty almost, um, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't quite gory enough. Um, I think it. Were video nasties around in the '86? I thought it was earlier '80s. 86 they might have been around that was still like like uh thatcher england time for sure okay um but it just kind of had like sort of sort of a vibe uh it is uh in my opinion 100 percent a horror comedy i don't uh, yeah it, it wasn't listed as that and i do better with horror comedies than than hannah does so mm-hmm. i i i had fun while watching it i'm not gonna lie like it, it, it's it's I don't think it's a particularly well-made movie. Um, the set, <laughs> the set is not uh, is is interesting. It's not a high school. I don't know what that is. Is that a prison? Where, where were they? At? Oh it's yeah, not, it's not high school. I have the deets for you on that. Cool. Um, <laughs> excited, uh, but yeah. I I mean I remember telling her while we we're watching. I'm like, you know, I'm not hating watching this. Like it's it's I, I'm able to like turn my brain off and be like, okay, this is just a really cheesy eighty. <laughs> slasher movie um i do have gripes that uh, we will get into um oh me too me too about the plot um specifically towards the end there oh Uh, yeah (laughs) uh, but overall like i I, it's a fine movie it's particularly well made Um, (laughs) and if you don't enjoy comedy in your horror or if you don't enjoy cheesy 80s slashers just don't don't watch this just don't like it's it's not you're not going to get anything really really much out of it right like that's exactly what it is it's not anything more or less it's a it's an 80s slasher movie with a cookie cutter kind of plot that we've seen in you know prom night and prom night 2 and and uh many many other other 80s plots so yeah in the middle yeah all right, so uh, let's move kind of into this story. We start um, this movie with a uh, 
sexual assault, I would say, uh, uh, in, in a way there, like it's, it's very much, they are like, they're like giving him a swirly, but like tricking him into thinking he's having sex with someone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's your basic, you know, let's, that's why, that's why I said it was a trauma. Like it seemed like a trauma movie because the, it, that scene plays out very similarly to what happens in the toxic Avenger, which I mean, even if you don't like trauma movies, not saying you'd necessarily like the toxic Avenger, but it, like, I feel like most people have sit like most people who are really into horror have checked out the toxic Avenger, but it's very similar to that. You know, a uh, girl convinces Melvin to meet her in an area where he thinks he's going to have sex with her. And then he's basically pranked and humiliated. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have to know what the fuck was that condom that he pulled out? <laughs> so fingers. Like, I, I wrecked my Google search history, Googling condom with fingers. <laughs> Weird condom and slaughter high. Like my my search history is never going to recover from this movie, and I could not learn anything about it. It made me think of like it. It made for whatever reason I thought it was like a Beetlejuice themed condom. It like made me think of like weird Tim Burton architecture if it was on a condom. <laughs> if that makes sense. I learned what a Frank Stippler was. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "There's that looks horrific." Like, no. <laughs> oh, can we talk about how this nerd is like, kind of? He's like hung. Like he, this nerd has a pretty big dick. Yeah. Like you see full frontal. Like you, and he's he's kind of hanging there. Like they they make a joke. They're like, "Where's the beef?" I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Are we looking at the same dude?" Dude is. <laughs> has a pretty like flaccid he looked like he had like a four or five inch penis flaccid like it, it, he didn't look like he was wanting for not like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah but it, yeah i i'm i'm struggling to remember what it looks like it's so there's so much we've seen so much full frontal in the last year uh it was just just in movies that like it's kind of hard to remember but yeah, i oh, believe I mean, it I, re I rewound it just to make sure. I'm like, yep, the dude is. <laughs> it's funny because he has an attitude too. Like that's a, that's a, you, can I mention that too? Is that for a nerd, like somebody who seems like he's constantly picked on, he's, you know, in that moment when, the, when he's getting humiliated, obviously he's upset, but like, it seems like whenever he talks to the, like, the other kids when he's like for the short time when that's not happening like when they try to offer him a joint he was like trying to be like really cool you see he seemed like he had confidence it was just really it was, it was almost it was funny to me because of just the way he was acting and his you know how he did his face and everything um just you know like you're saying this whole first scene very much had carry vibes and i pointed that out oh yeah for sure that's um that's being generous and not generous in like how it is, but like it's <laughs> Carrie's. I love Carrie. It's just so funny. Um, I wonder how Sissy Spacek would think about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, even as it continues, like, and it goes to um, all those bullies being punished by having to do calisthenics and stuff. That's exactly what happens in Carrie as well. And I was sitting there going, 
Stephen King yeah. is somebody. That's, that's I didn't think about that. That's very very true. Um. So yeah, I mean, he keeps getting bullied, um, and then he goes to like. I don't know Frankenstein's lab or something like they just have no safety precautions in this this science lab <laughs> down in a dungeon or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and like it, yeah, it, they just have acid hanging out, like or just labeled real crudely nitric acid. Yeah, and he, it's comically placed on the, the like on the corner of the topmost shelf. Yeah, it's so it's so funny how it's just so obviously put in a place oh, where yeah. you fucking know it's gonna fall it's, off. It's how it's how Two Face was born, right there. It's the only it's and it's the only chemical that's labeled with a big label on it, written in Sharpie, like a brown glass, you know, jug. And the what's kind of weird to me is that it it hit his whole ass head. Like, it covered his whole face, but only half of his face gets, you know... I'm not joking. I legitimately think it's a Two-Face reference. I... Um, that's... It, <laughs> I mean, that's very possible. That's, that's again, being... I think it's being very... That's very nice of you to to uh, want <laughs> to Two-Face. I mean, I can see it, but, like... I'm so glad you, you recognize the absurdity of this yeah, movie, too. <laughs> There's so many absurd things in this movie. There's so many ridiculous, absurd things in this entire movie. So um, it, it, I, I, I want to pick on the production a little bit here real quick. Uh, oh, God. Uh, during this, because this, this is when I first started realizing, like, this is not a high school they're shooting in. Uh, oh, no, it's not. This, this place looks like it. It's been condemned for 20 years. And like the hallways are not lit, <laughs> and and I mean that that bathroom, like that bathroom and that gym <laughs> is the closest thing to looking to a high school that out of any of it. It looked like I don't even think you would find that kind of hallways in Hogwarts. Like it's it's um, just weirdly not look like a high school. And it and usually in these horror movies, like you, the high school setting is usually like not the least realistic part. It's usually the actors, right? Like, right. Um but for me this time I was like, I don't care about if they look like they're in high school or not. Like this setting is just just silly. Like silly. Well do you know the um do, do you know anything about the um the production of the movie itself, like where it was actually filmed and anything like that. Hannah told me it was filmed in some weird school. Yeah, well, I read the, it on IMDb because oh, they were able to like set it on fire at the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this was actually filmed in the UK. Um that I knew. Yeah. Yes. So it was a great it was a grammar school. It was a weird old rundown grammar school. And apparently the I would say the director, and when I say uh, the director, I can tell you specifically which one it is because I, I listened to his uh, interview today. It was, um, I believe, Mark Ezra. I see his face. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, Mark Ezra. I'm correct. He went into a um, what did he describe it as? Um, like a boarding school. So it was some school for, he said he was connected with um, some school of performing arts, a like music school maybe. And there was like a, um, 
like a boarding school or a uh, um, international school for people from America. And he's just like, hey, y'all are from America. Do you want to be in a movie? And they're like, yeah, sure. So, uh, which the only person I know from this movie that is a like a known, like an actual seasoned actor was Caroline uh, Monroe. She was previously in a James Bond movie. Um, uh, for your eyes only, I think it was. It's Roger Moore one. I I remember her in that movie, she and she's awesome. been in she's been in other. She was in that before. Yeah, um, she was also in the Abominable Doctor Phoebes. Yes, um, in this movie, in in Slaughter High, she was thirty three years old, if I'm not mistaken. Thirty three years old in this movie, and not not to mention, you know, that's you can tell like all of the other, you know, high school kids are obviously when I know that's kind of a common thing to have people who are obviously way older, but it's just comical how much older these, you know, people are, but, um, uh, Caroline Monroe, actually, I I learned during the filming and I, I, I'm not sure if this is in the um, uh, the trivia on IMDb. She was actually dating one of the directors, George Dugdale. And um, they dated and were married until just recently. He, The director recently died in 2020, but they were married until then. Um, but the, the, the cast and crew had no idea. They were – and this movie – speaking of directors, this movie has three directors – and according to Mark Ezra, one person directed the like the dialogue scenes. One person directed the um, death scenes, and then he said he directed. I and I want to say quote whatever else they needed. <laughs> it just sounds like you know. It, it didn't. It sounds like instead of wanting to have, you know, a director and then like, you know assistant directors they just had three fucking directors makes no um, sense because an assistant director and a director don't do the same thing yeah like, it's just it's not the same it's not the same position in any way shape or form um it, yeah it, i i can see maybe why there's three directors here i was like okay yeah um it's so it's all budget though like they yeah, he said they made it on 40,000 pounds um which translates to about $100,000 um, they tried to get Telly Savalas to play the, it was supposed to be the headmaster or principal, but ended up being the coach. And Telly Savalas um, was a big James Bond villain, which is going back to James Bond. He played uh, Blofeld, which is like James Bond's arch nemesis. He played him in um, um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, but they wanted to get him, and then Telly Savalas was like, well, you're using my name, $50,000 a day, and then apparently they were like, well, can't we just credit you as, you know, special guest actor, and apparently you got, they, or he hung up on um, I mean, <laughs> this whole, like, movie's ridiculous. Um, yeah. uh, all right, so we need to move into more of this plot. Um, yes. Sorry, I got excited so, about the other stuff. Oh, it's fine. Uh, so what we get to is basically um, they trick him with some like dirt 
weed or something like and, and, and he it's like firecrackers in it it's got like weird like it's a firecracker but it doesn't really explode or anything it's just kind of there uh um, pops yeah and uh it causes him he gets all weird and loopy and woozy and, and uh the acid falls over on his face um so then after all that happens we shoot to what is it 10 years well, later yeah, I was gonna say the fire happens. The fire, like the fire. Comes oh yeah, out. it catches on fire. Yeah, like so, like on, I think one of the, more, yeah. Well, yeah, like one of the kids undoes the the gas hose for all his like uh, chemistry set shit, shit, and yeah, then it like great. ignites, and then the thing the falls and splashes him in the face, and he gets taken off. Yeah, yeah. So then we go ten years later, um, yeah. and. Everybody's like, I, I mean, you get an opening scene where there's kind of a a, a director trying to get uh, one of the, the main characters there, the main woman, to like star in movies, and she just won't do it. It's very Roger Corman. Style, oh yeah, uh, director there, um, you know, just making kind of schlocky well, horror movies with you know. Well, that guy was a producer, Dick Randall, who played yeah. the, the character's Manny. That guy was a like he was his actual yeah. job was a producer apparently, but they wanted to get him on film because apparently just his presence was just that's exactly what they wanted. Was a sleazy guy. Come on, well, uh, I'm sure he was. Uh, he was. Um, <laughs> sure, he wasn't insulted at all. No, he's like, you got to do this picture. You got to be in the picture. And he's probably yeah. like, you got to show your tits on the picture. You know, calling it, he says he never calls them films. or Yeah, movies. and I want to hit him every time he says picture. <laughs> yeah, um, a there's a poster of pieces up on the wall. He produced that. He produced uh, yeah. quite a few, like, sleazy 42nd Street Grindhouse um, movies. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and then, um, so at that point, we go to the, you know, she's like, I prefer to go to this reunion. Hangs up. Um, and they get on their way to the reunion. One guy's on the side of the road. One woman's hitchhiking. Like, it doesn't seem like they really much had a very successful lives. Um, no, except except for the, you know, Carol, Carol the yeah, I mean, the yeah, doing, doing the movies. Um, yeah. It, it, none of this is really important for anything it's just getting, you know it's just getting in there yeah it's um, exactly what it is it's just and then they get there and these idiots all fucking five or six of these idiot people walk in lights are off places clearly abandoned and they're like well let's just hang around the reunion's clearly not happening right they they even mentioned like <laughs> unions just not happening apparently they don't think about who invited them or anything they just go up they see <laughs> some weird shit in a room that, that looks kind of like a reunion but it's clearly just not and they just hang yeah. out it's the most 80s slasher thing i've ever seen <laughs> hang out. just gonna hang out there's it, it begins one of the most baffling things about this movie that goes until the end of the movie is that obviously they hang out there. It starts, they get there early in the day, and then they're still hanging out, and it's nighttime. Yes. Yeah, so they're there for a long time. And then they can't, they eventually say, oh, fuck it, we'll just go inside, even though 
Yeah, they were there for enough time that they can clearly tell that they're the only people that are going to be showing up. And but, you know, they think it's fine. And here's the thing. Like, obviously, they have trouble getting into the building. They eventually find a way. Here's the okay. And then from that point onward, it seems like they (laughs) they have so much trouble escaping and then for whatever reason, people are just able to get in the, like it, it, people are able to enter and exit this fucking building. Um, when it's convenient to the plot, like if, if, the, if they need to stay inside, then conveniently the building is all sealed up. And if they need to get away, sometimes people are just able to like leave. So what you're telling me is that this random <laughs> grammar school <laughs> slash high school thing in England is Hotel California. Yeah, because like, a, like a, for instance, for instance, you know when they had like, I guess there was a grate in front of the window and it seemed electrified because they touched it and it was like sparking. Yeah. And they had to kick it and move it away and like one guy to like slit, like, so the grate was in front of the window but there was kind of a space between that, like the space between where the grate was and where the window is and they knocked the grate away enough to where one of the guys is able to like slither like between where the space is and where the window is to get out of it to get outside but then throughout the movie you have people who are able to make it outside without any effort and but and then go back inside but then at the same time you have people who are just like you know they're like oh my god we're locked in here i'm like the hell is and it, it, it's it's it goes back and forth throughout yeah, the it's, entire it's movie slasher movie logic it yeah, but it's all sorts of slasher movies. It's just so it's so it's so funny to me because it's so it's so noticeable. And the thing is, I will say this: if the characters weren't as charismatic in the movie, like for instance, Skip, he's all he's the one that's always making jokes, always making jokes. He's the one he's you know just basically as a smart ass comet for everything. He's um, if you didn't have characters like him and like the other ones, even the more dumb characters, you know, like I think this would for me would have been really boring, but that's the reason I think I like this movie a lot is because the characters are just so um, animated in a way for like I like like characters in the in the 80s, how they were kind of animated in a certain specific kind of way. Um, and it made it so that the movie was definitely in, enjoyable for me to watch, um, especially Marty before he got killed or not killed, but got disfigured. You know, he's the nerd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, he's named Marty. Yeah. Marty's um, always named. There's always nerds named Marty in 80s movies. Kid, okay. Always. <laughs> the only kill that was baffling to me in this entire movie was. Okay, so Marty is like a toothpick. That motherfucker was able to... Michael Myers grab the the, uh, black janitor by the throat and pick him up with one hand. I'm pretty sure he wasn't taller than that man. That was just a reference to Halloween. Of course it was. Of course. But But it's so funny because I'm sitting here like... I screamed at my TV because I... I didn't remember a lot of these kills. And so I, whenever I saw him do that, I'm like, get the fuck out. Because usually the yeah, slasher 
killer is usually a, a big bulky um, imposing person. Whereas you obviously know this is Marty. Like that's not a, it's not even a plot twist. Really. Yeah. You, can, you know, it's him. Oh yeah. There's no way that Marty would physically, he didn't have any strength augmentations, but so, he picked uh, that dude up. But that, that's the thing is like, it doesn't matter about logic. It matters about kills for these movies. No, for sure. It, it's just uh, so funny. I can only suspend my disbelief so much, even yeah. for a movie like this. And it's, I didn't hate it. It was just, it was funny to me. Like that's, it came across as just that itself was comical to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to point out, by the time we get to that kill, it's been 45 minutes in this movie. Like, they're, they're the first, like, 45 minutes of this movie, there's not a single kill. Um, and then usually in, like, slashers, like, you get a first kill within, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So, like, that was that was definitely different. I was like, man, when is the killing going to start? Yeah. Um, and then once it started, it just didn't stop. And I knew, yes. I was like, oh, yeah, once it starts, it's just going to race through um and some of them were really fucking cool i thought some kills were were cool and some some were really cheesy the effect with the uh, like the face melting away like that that is <laughs> not aged well <laughs> it looked like it was wrinkling up like yeah i get what they were trying to do you know kind of like uh return of the living dead where you yeah. had kind of like a heat gun over some wax and you know it's kind of a common thing yeah it, it looked like somehow the power rangers yeah, I didn't look hey, it. <laughs> <laughs> we will don't, not have that slander of the Power Rangers. Yeah, today. don't invoke the Power Rangers. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I will say this. It really was, the, the kill that was most jarring to me was not the lawnmower one, which I thought was good. Like, you saw, like, the legs hit the, usually you don't see a blade hit something, but you saw, like, the le the blade start to, like, hit the legs. And yeah. I was, like, I was kind of like, whoa. No, it was the electrocution scene on the bed. Her fucking, like, distorted face was, like, oh, yeah. it was kind of, I, I, honestly, it was really jarring to me, like, just how she looked, and I'm like, oh, that's theory like it was seemed out of place how like just oh it, it was to me like it really kind of gave me chills how, how it looked um now when you say lawnmower did you mean quote unquote tractor i know yeah i think to the oh tractor my god the they tractor that the... cuts grass well they walked in that uh that shed and they're like oh here's a tractor and i just went what the fuck do these people think a tractor is that is not a tractor <laughs> that thing comes to my hips that is not a these are city people well this like, is like <laughs> oh, a lot of, not a tractor. there's a lot of english that's the thing though there are a lot of english actors that are doing american accents so they have a lot of like english things in there that are culturally relevant to america for instance you know when they mention well, you know, by twelve o'clock noon, April Fool's yeah. Day will be over. That's a that's a UK thing. That's yeah, right. so apparently. Right. Whenever they showed this, uh, it confused the fuck out of people. They're like the fuck do they yeah. mean? April Fool's Day, April Fool's Day is going to be over at yeah. noon. They no. see that didn't make sense for American audiences yeah. at all. Well, <laughs> one it, of my go ahead. I'm gonna say one of my notes is what kind of accent makes you say fudden drinks. <laughs> because skip says that at one point during the like initial uh, reunion parts like oh there's, no, there's some food and drinks i was like what the fuck are you talking about and, and then eventually yeah it's like oh they're just they're really bad at doing american accents okay yeah cool. they, 
they, to, be, they, to be fair to the British Americans, they're really bad at doing American accents. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Just, just saying. And no. Uh, um, but yeah, so, I mean, uh, the next, like, 15 minutes of this movie is just, like, them running from Marty and each getting killed until we get, you know, to the end one. Um, which <laughs> most movies have a final girl. And... Uh, for many for reasons this one does not uh the main woman gets like speared she gets speared finally penetrates her okay yeah i hated i i kind of hated that kill it was so anticlimactic yeah it was so it was so anticlimactic and then they did the what seemed like a and a weird homage to like maniac or something where you know but okay the kill where the girl runs that's that coming back to running she's able to just run the fuck out of the building daytime she just she fucking runs her ass into the septic tank like the open set she runs into it like she had ample room she it was daytime it was and it was a big hole in the ground and she she just wanted to go for a swim all right (laughs) and um i think i might have missed something because i checked my phone a little bit throughout the movie Whenever the whenever a skip it was skip he was the one who got uh, hanged. I guess he got killed yeah. after yeah, that. Yeah. Even though even though he got himself down, I'm sitting there. Okay, so he's so you expect if that happens that he will save the day. Like he'll come out of the <laughs> out of the dark corner with a weapon. And okay, apparently the movie was too short. Whenever they were whenever they got done, so. The whole scene with Marty chasing Carol at the end of the movie before he stabbed her, before he stabbed her, was inserted to just stretch the runtime. That's the whole the whole reason they did that. Um, there were just a lot of things that they couldn't do twice in this movie, and uh, one, the director who, had, who did the interview was just like. <laughs> You know what? He's like, since we can't do so many things, um, since we can't do so many things, you know, the second time, they're more authentic that the way we do them, and makes it makes it a pretty good movie. And I'm sitting here like, they they did have to work with what they had. Um, they were talking about how some of the gore effects, you know, they. Uh, they being the director was talking shit about the gore effects. He's like, yeah, a lot of them were not good. He was he specifically mentioned the the melting face and the the, the skeleton. That that was funny to me. How it just it was a bloody skeleton, but it was for all intents and purposes just a skeleton. <laughs> you know, there wasn't any anatomy left on it, and I don't think that there's yeah powerful enough for that. What is it? Also, the intestines one two or exploded oh yeah it was kind of dumb it's just like a little teeny tiny little little tiny thing coming out of his stomach just it looked yeah. like so tiny it was oh, um, what that was supposed to be it was i guess it's intestines but he, he said they were like filled condoms full of speed of condom skin full of stuff but the explosion did not match what was came out of him and i was kind of curious how marty got 
the uh, I don't know if he put a caustic chemical into the beer or how he did that because well, how did he seal it back up? Yeah, I know, right? What? Well, but maybe maybe it was just so old. Like I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, he did something to it. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. I think if he poke a whole needle, needle with a needle in it to a beer, it would still like deflate and leak because it's a hole. Yeah, so I don't I know. know how, I don't know how he did it. And I don't know how something that would like destroy your internal organs, like your stomach and everything, wouldn't like corrode through a beer can. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, it, it doesn't make sense, but nothing in this movie makes sense. So, well, I want to reiterate really quick for whoever's listening. It seems like whenever we're talking about this, obviously, seems like we're going kind of like all over the place with talking about things about this movie. I just want to say that the movie's very straightforward. It's guy gets wronged. People go to the school. They get picked off one by one. The and they all die. It's that's as simple as it is. There's yeah. not. So I feel like if anybody's listening to this and they're just like, I don't understand. It doesn't like. It's so the plot's so simple. The to plot me, is simple. It's the kills that. It's the kills and like the other stuff about yeah. this movie. For instance, the guy who played Marty, um, Simon Scudamore, he killed himself days after they finished production of this movie. I didn't realize it was days. I knew he killed himself. Yeah, no, days. He killed himself right after it. And um, he did it by a intentional drug overdose. Apparently um that you know they were thinking that maybe the movie had something to do with that but according to his mother his mother claims that the movie brought him joy but you know and did not attribute to it so that's good but that, that I, like i learned that i'm like holy shit because i was wondering why he, i'm watching you know i'm watching the blu-ray which by the way um vestron does it again vestron sells their boutique label Blu-rays for pretty cheap. I'm talking like between fifteen or twenty dollars, if not cheaper, for like not really well-known movies, and they look excellent. This movie looked as as kind of like <laughs> wacky of a slasher movie as this was. Um, it looked excellent on fucking Blu-ray, and if anybody doesn't have it, I'd recommend to pick it up. Um, just because it's cheap. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, he did he did kill himself. Um, also, the music for... You know what I was also... Speaking of music, um, I really like the music. I like the kind of theme song for this because I, I like Harry Manfredini. Yeah. You know, if anybody doesn't know, um, he has famously worked on most of the Friday the 13th movies, including the first one. He created the the kick, 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 ma, 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 which that's what it is. It's not chit, 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 ah, ah, kick, 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 ma, ma, ma. He created that. Um, and in the trailer for the movie, I, I also want to mention, speaking of Friday the 13th, it says from the creators of Friday the 13th. I'm like, where the fuck are the creators from yeah, Friday the 13th Sean on this Cunningham movie? Not in this at all. No, he's not. I was like, Sean Cunningham nor Victor Miller or producers that I'm aware of are yeah. not related to this movie. So I don't know what they were talking I, I, about. I do know that uh, uh, when I was watching it, I heard parts of that 
that soundtrack from Friday the 13th in this movie. Like, he oh, took, yeah. He took pieces of that soundtrack and put it in this movie. You, it like clicks, you hear it, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, when they're running, I hear the, the Chase and Chase music um, through, come through a little bit. So, yeah, it, it, he didn't just uh, he didn't just uh, make an original score for this. Like there's there's parts. No, of there's parts. Yeah, parts of it. Um, I would say also after uh, the uh, Marty died, um, the the director who did the interview I watched, he actually played the scene where you see uh, at the end of the movie where you see Carol getting chased by Marty. Um, that's him. That's that's that yeah. is the director. Um, I'm also looking through this, you know, various um, uh, points of trivia about this movie. I, I may not yeah. have mentioned um, before. Before we get in too much into the trivia, especially about production, uh, let's yeah. finish off real quick and let's get to the to uh, the end of the plot. Um, okay. The twist at the end, um, and and I mean, it's it's like you say, it's a straightforward movie, but at the very end, he oh, wakes, he wakes yeah. up and it's like nothing. <sighs> happen nothing yeah happened. didn't actually do that and it's only been like a few hours or some whatever like days or whatever since the incident yeah and then he just gets up and kills the doctor and nurse <laughs> and peels his skin off and i was just like this did they really do it was all just a dream fucking plot on me <laughs> Let me really, tell you that i i didn't like it i didn't li like that part no oh, i didn't I it was boxing Helena, but without an excuse. Because, like, that was the only way they could have dealt with boxing Helena and not made it super misogynistic in the end, was to have it just be, like, Julian Sands is having this fantasy. But this, I was just like, what What the fuck was the point? Like, you just undid the whole movie. Why? Why did I just watch this and nothing actually happened? Oh, like Julian Sands, like, from Warlock? Yeah, he's the... Uh, He's the bad guy in Boxing Helena. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, you'll, you'll be watching that movie at some point. At some point. We'll, I gladly, we'll, uh, we'll need to speak <laughs> about Warlock at some point too. I love that movie. Um, Anyways, let me tell you, at the end, this end scene, yeah, I don't like it either. I, you know, I think, again, this is kind of like, it was maybe one of those things where, um, well, no, I don't think that was added for runtime. Obviously, you know, the actor who played Marty, Simon Scudamore, was still in it, so it was intended. But when he was ripping his, you know, I'm assuming that was like his plastic surgery. Skin it looks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It literally just looks like he's taking his makeup off. It doesn't like <laughs> that's all. It's just, you know, that's it it, it. it does not look like anything other than somebody is done with the day and that's exactly what it just looks like when you're fucking taking you I know latex off your face i actually would have appreciated if you just like pulled out a makeup wipe and just started just fucking wiping it <laughs> just like wiping it off like i'd be like all right movie's over guys moving on like uh but yeah i i didn't much care for that and uh it's just like yeah it, it kind of felt like okay you just undid like this is his fantasy uh cool but now he's gonna go do it i guess like um <laughs> and it was like man this this fucking doctor and nurse just like put you back together you little fuck and you just get up and you're like ooh, 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 and kill them like i'm like all right maybe maybe another bat of acid would have done you some good i don't know 
You know what's so funny about that his character too? I just it's so funny because as much as you know he's supposed to be the victim, he's the nerd. Well, even when he's not like the killer, he's I feel like that that ner- he's still an asshole. Like he's a it's yeah, what's so like, funny to me. And I keep mentioning it, but I just want to stress that that's the whole reason I, I enjoy this movie is because so many things in this movie are so absurd that they're entertained. Like it's one of those movies that um, it's that when I, when I mentioned uh, trauma earlier, that there are a lot of trauma movies that I don't necessarily like because, you know, I just, uh, to me, they're not super interesting, but then you have ones that are just so absurd and wacky and they're, you know, funny to me, like the toxic Avenger. And it gives me a lot of the same Toxic Avenger or uh, Nukem High. I don't know if you've seen Nukem High or not, which is an excellent movie. Um, I feel like Troma has those few gems. Um, Tromeo and Juliet, which, uh, you know, What's-His-Face wrote. I say What's-His-Face like he's not known. Um, Boyd Coffin? No, no, James uh, James Gunn. Oh, James Gunn. Yeah, but now uh, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he wrote, and I they want to say partially directed that trauma movie. And they're just, you know, obviously, you know, big stupid, and stupid in a loving way, uh, absurd movies. And this movie had that same vibe for me. So as much as, I, you know, a lot of it, I will absolutely 1 million percent agree with you. A lot of it was so fucking stupid. For me, um, it's just that's absurd. So if anybody yeah. listening, that's where I'm going with it is that I'm, I still recommend this, even though I'm talking trash about it. It's oh, yeah. Just, I mean, I, I, for me, it's a fun time. Yeah, that, that's why I didn't hate watching it is because I was like, this is absurd. I know it's absurd. Yeah. It's not going to be... It's not gonna be if you don't like horror comedies and you don't like cheesy stuff, and, and I, I will be the first person to say, um, six years ago, I would have hated this movie. And oh, yeah. Every inch of my soul, I would have hated <laughs> this movie. So, um, I, 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 I hated Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 like five years ago. I, was just, I didn't have a tolerance for cheese like I do now. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, I can one million percent understand why, uh, why quite a few people would, yeah. draw, would not like, like, um, Hannah, I think you're completely valid with not liking this movie um, because it's bad. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not. Like, it's not. Like it's totally 100% understandable. So yeah, um, it's, sometimes we, you know, a lot of the times we like bad movies. Um, yeah, like yeah. it's one of those that if somebody said I don't like it, I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't blame you. Like it's. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't blame right. me. So Troy, why don't you give us about three or four quick trivia more trivia facts and then we're going to get into like some box office sure um, and give our ratings okay so i'm trying to go over um go i'll go a little bit more into stuff i briefly mentioned before just uh, go basically uh, verbatim what the trivia is saying on imdb just so it has a little bit more in depth uh the film was shot entirely in london england with a predominantly british uh cast adopting american accents to various degrees of success uh, to give the impression that the film was set in the United States. One scene, Skip, tells the group that Marty will have to stop terrorizing them because April Fool's Day traditionally ends at noon. If one plays a prank afternoon, they're deemed the April Fool, 
unbeknownst to the filmmakers, this tradition is followed in the United Kingdom, but not followed in the United States, where it's an all-day thing. Um, also, um, about the grammar school, the interior of the high school was a condemned grammar school set to be demolished. Lockers had to be added since English schools rarely have lockers, but the filmmakers were permitted to set off explosives and set the building on fire since it was scheduled to be demolished anyways. Uh, the exterior of the high school was shot at an abandoned mental asylum. Which has since been renovated and turned to a luxury apartment building. So they gentrified the mental asylum and turned it to luxury apartments. Um, so uh, uh, the last one I'll mention here too, it says, although most of the cast was English and were affecting uh, fake American accents, Donna Yeager, who played Stella, was American. She is from Texas graduate of Rice University, was working in England with a repertory theater company at the time of filming. That's um, that's what I was talking about when the director wanted to go grab actors. Um, that's so funny because I, I did notice her, act, her accent out of everyone else's. That was the blonde. She clearly had like a southern adjacent accent. And it was kind of jarring because I, I remember one of the one of the um, license plates. It was on Skip's VW and like a Massachusetts license plate. She clearly had a Southern accent. And it's so funny because this apparently says viewers still thought she was um, faking an American accent. No, that's how she really fucking talked. Um. The other stuff here I, I made or I mentioned basically were exactly what I said before. Um, oh, shooting was stopped one day by the American Secret Service. One of their pyrotechnics alarmed the Secret Service who were nearby on security detail for President Ronald Reagan, who was visiting England at the time. Should have caught him on fire, but okay. Yep. But yeah, that's, that's, about, that's about it there. Aside from that, um, again – crazy you know super low budget um three fucking directors main the main actress uh you know had a relationship with one of the directors while they were filming it all sorts of craziness um but that's about all i have for trivia all right well uh let's get into real quick some some specs here uh, about um this film Okay. Uh, so this <laughs> this the, the budget is confusing me a little bit. He said it's about a hundred thousand. Um, yeah, they said, but he he said in the interview he said about forty thousand pounds. That's what so he what he the said. The budget uh, they claimed here on IMDb and then it's, uh, Wikipedia is two point one million. <laughs> no, no fucking way. Uh, what? Yeah, so. What liar put that in the internet? That's fine. I saw that last time, and I went, "Where did that budget go?" Uh, I don't. I I am inclined to believe uh, the director on this one. It's like, um, I will say that he was talking about when Vestron picked it up because Vestron, for anything you know, Blu-rays aside, Vestron 
would buy everything, right? They would buy all these movies and then distribute them for home video. And then that maybe that or they're, you know, maybe they are associating that with it because, you know, apparently when Vestron picked it up and distributed it, it, it went big, but I don't, I don't know how that would be mixed up with the box, like with the budget. Yeah. I don't know. But like, that's the only thing I can think of is that they're mixing that up for some reason. Uh, yeah, I have no idea uh, how they did that. I, I, I believe, I believe the budget <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, is 100% not $2.1 million no, for, that, for that time man. and for an indie slasher. Uh, 2.1 no, million. You would have no excuse for why anything would look bad. Yeah, uh, this, this was, this had a smaller, well, smaller budget than Halloween had back in 1978. You know, almost a, in this had a smaller budget almost a decade later. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, million dollars. Uh, there is a box office. It took me forever to find the box office. So, okay. Um, I remember them saying that they had a short theater run, but it only made like $90,000. Um, okay. So it, it didn't make its money back either way. Uh, it got close to what, you know, what we had actually think the actual budget is. Um, but it did make more than meeting evil. Sorry, Hannah. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and nothing will ever i don't know like how you you only made 500 i don't get that um but so yeah it made a, it had a little bit of a, a run and then it became kind of a, a cult slasher movie like yeah their slasher movie did um and now it you know it's got its home in a blu-ray of vestron it got picked up with vestron like early on anyway yeah because vestron bought a lot of stuff in the 80s and 90s i'm really curious there's probably not the i haven't looked it up but i'm curious what its take home would have been after it was out on video because apparently that's a lot of these movies when they got picked up by say something like Vestron, they didn't make their money in the movie theaters. They made their money on home video when they got, then they rented the movies. Yeah. The dead box office doesn't count for that. And I think I I personally think that box office needs to move to like count streaming too, but yeah, it's the eighties. So it doesn't matter. Um, I, yeah, I wonder how they would quantify that, but no, I agree with you. It's you know that's I feel like that's definitely a significant factor anymore. Is, yeah. is streaming numbers? They can get numbers, but not yeah. Because we watched this on Tubi. So, okay. Um, but all right. So mm-hmm. let, let, real quick before we do anything else, um, I, I feel like this episode's gone by fast, uh, but we are we've hit our hour and a half mark. Sweet. Um, so we are we are out of time. Uh, before we do anything else, go around and do our usual thing. Give your final thoughts, uh, you know, two minutes or less, and then give us your rating out of 10. Troy? So, um, with as much as I like this movie, I will say it is, um, for me, so bad it's good. Um, I will definitely watch this um, more as time goes along, and I'll show it to more people. Um. I I, uh, I think it's definitely a lot better if you are um, inebriated or high or tripping on something. Um, it's definitely it, that would certainly enhance the experience. 
Um, and I would definitely recommend the movie. Um, if I had to give it a rating, I will, I am being generous. So I'm giving it a seven out of 10 for me. Cause uh, it's mostly nostalgia for me too. Yeah. Uh, so this one, I don't really have like movies to me aren't usually so bad. They're good. I don't really have that setting for gotcha. me. It's like there's bad and then there's worse <laughs> and it doesn't ever make that circle. Really? Uh, I'm not very good with horror comedies. Um, you know, I really like Return of the Living Dead and Night of, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw 2, but that's more or less where it ends <laughs> for me. And I'm not big on cheese, so or trauma movies or any of that. So yeah, like this, this didn't really hit any of um, any of my boxes. Um, if people are into that kind of thing, like I would definitely recommend it. If somebody like likes 80 slashers i would definitely be like hey have you seen this movie uh if you haven't like yeah go watch it i'm not gonna watch it with you but <laughs> you know go, go spend an hour and a half and come back to me after the end and tell me what you thought of it uh but yeah it's it's not it's definitely not my thing uh sorry troy this is a two out of ten for me <laughs> Again, I do not blame you in any capacity. I promise you, that's that's a that's a completely acceptable uh, rating for this movie. Like, like, remember, he said he's being generous with seven. <laughs> seven comes from my yeah. um, liking it from a long time ago, and it still holds up for me as an yeah. enjoyable ex movie experience. All right, and for me, uh, so yeah, I. Uh, I do better with these kind of things. I, I like horror comedies. Some of my favorite movies are horror comedies. So I, I can do a lot better with this kind of stuff. Um, and then 80s slashers have grown on me as I've, you know, gotten into more and more horror as time went on. Like 80s slashers are not where it started for me. So I don't have that nostalgia um, quite like I do maybe the 90s. Um, or early 2000s. So I don't have that there, but I do, you know, when I do watch these, I have that frame of lens like, okay, this is the 80s. The 80s are cheesy. And I know that I, what I'm going to expect is something cheesy, maybe something that doesn't make a lot of sense plot wise. Um, and I, I, I do have that ability to just turn off the switch and enjoy just a cheesy schlock. Uh, just a mess um, and, and enjoy it. So um, when I say I didn't hate watching this movie, I mean it. I I, I wouldn't say that I loved watching it um, because I was sober. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, it, I, I understand the appeal. And uh, for me, it's a five out of 10. Um, yeah. Um, but production is a three out of 10. <laughs> because I can't, I can't get over that school. That, that, that school, I was just like, okay, like, this is this is just this looks like a dungeon. But you know, it, it's fun. Um, it's a. I've heard people talk about it a lot, actually, on on different podcasts, and uh, uh, it was a missing one for me in my viewing. I had actually never seen it, so no worries. Yeah. All right. So that is Slaughter High. Um, 
All right, Hannah, it's your turn. What are you picking for us to watch next month? So next month is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's called Chained, and it's directed by Jennifer Lynch, who directed Boxing Helena. Uh, I'm going to throw out a trigger warning for this one uh, for child abuse. This is a really difficult watch. Uh, the premise is a serial killer kills a woman and kidnaps her young son, chains him up in the kitchen, and keeps him <laughs> for years. Uh, has him do basic chores, has him cooking, cleaning, and helping to bury the bodies of the women he kills under the house. So, you know, all the normal things that children are good at helping with. Uh, there's not really, or there's no sexual abuse, but just the way he treats this child is absolutely horrific to witness. Everyone in the movie does a wonderful job of acting. So it's very, very painful to watch. Uh, that being said, it's a wonderful movie. Uh, <laughs> there is, we'll definitely have to talk a lot about the end because the end does not stack up to the rest of the movie. I'll just go on and throw that out there that I'm aware of that flaw in it, but it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio plays the serial killer and does a great job. I'm so excited to talk about that next month. And it's on Tubi for free as well, which is awesome. All right. Looking forward to watching it. I've already seen it once and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. It sounds really good. Oh yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, well, fun um, is a subjective yeah. term in this movie, but but uh, it's uh, let's just say the tone is changing from Slaughter High <laughs> to Chained. Yeah. It uh, sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, so hope you enjoyed your comedy because <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you laugh at this next one, like there's something wrong. <laughs> it's just not yeah. If you come back and go, that was a comedy. I'm gonna be like Troy. Like, All right, bud. <laughs> We're calling the FBI. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we are done. And uh, until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Hannah. was made by horror fans like yourself. Intro music by Aaron Burcham. <laughs>